You are listening to TJ Talks. Be aware, this show contains explicit language. Alright, good morning. Welcome to TJ Talks. I am Judd. And I'm Teresa. Hey. Good, good morning. Good morning. We're going to say good morning, right? Because we don't usually talk about the time and or date that we record the shows, right? Well, I mean, normally we've been recording in the afternoons. So yeah. It's kind of nice. You probably hear, I'm I'm recording, what do they call that? Uh, on, Al fresco. Al fresco, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know who Al fresco is, but he sounds like tropical birds and bugs. I'm, You're outside. I am. I'm out on my porch. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. Got my coffee here. Yeah, it's beautiful at 10 a.m. Sunday morning, but for me, it's a little bit earlier because we are, of course, you know, most people know, I think, that we're separated by several thousand miles, right? That we do this via the internet. Yes, and uh, we are definitely... And it's Sunday morning, and we don't usually do that, but due to scheduling and conflicts and jobs and things, we are, we've reduced, reduced, rescheduled ourselves to Sunday mornings. And I don't know about you, I, I like this. Yeah. doing this because this is good. I'm fresh. I got my coffee. I'm good. But um, it's different, right? And I know I have a different Sunday morning ritual than this, and I miss it a little bit. Yeah, well, This me, will become the new ritual, but I miss I my know. old one. Me too, because normally Sunday mornings for me is with Charles Osgood and right? watching the Sunday morning show, which I'm recording, so I can watch it anytime later, you know. But I love Thanks. that. I love that show. But one, of, one of the other things I love about Sunday mornings, I don't, and I think you do too, and we, we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but I don't think we've talked about it very much, our favorite, one of our favorite websites, postsecret.com. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sunday mornings is when they renew the secrets, and postsecret is the longest running, they have a thing on their free form art website or whatever. Is and it every, really? It is. He's got a thing on the bottom of it there about how it's the longest, and, and it's not monetized. And what it is, is people send in postcards, random postcards that they either make or buy, and they reveal a secret in their life. And they mail it to this guy. His name is Frank Warren, and he lives in Connecticut? Uh, no, Maryland. Germantown, Maryland, I'm sorry. Germantown, Maryland. And you send in, and he gets thousands of postcards a week, and he puts maybe 10 or 12 up every Sunday. So out of the thousands that he gets... He only submits, you know, probably, what is that, less than 1%. Oh, I'm sure. So, yeah, so he doesn't put many up. And you read them, and they're fascinating, and they're... They had a video online he did, and I think it was to advertise either the book or his show that he goes around the country, and he does... I don't even... I'd love to see the show, because I would... I'd love to see it, too. It sells out everywhere he goes, but yes. Um, But, I mean, they, they will... It'll bring you to tears, It'll move you. You'll see the the pain. You'll see joy. You'll see revelation in what people write on their postcards and mail to him. And then here's confessional time. Have you ever mailed him a postcard? No, I have never. I did have the. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> My, I, I live near an airport, a helicopter <laughs> airport. <laughs> so something's going over. Okay, no, but I, I did have the post secret app on my phone. Right. And I used it, and I did post uh, some secrets. Secrets on. But he had to close the app because people, you know, people are rude. They just are, they were, they were posting uh, pornography and all sorts of stuff that, you know, I understand there's a little bit of that kind of thing, but the way that they were doing it, it just became, it was not what it was supposed to be. Correct. It's not the spirit of 
of what the website is. The website is just allowing people to express a real emotion, mm-hmm. good, bad, or whatever. And if you've I, – I sent a postcard to him once, and mm-hmm. I won't reveal my secret because no, it's, secret, it's a secret, right? Absolutely. Um, but it is. It's very liberating once you write it down and put it in the mail. And then now, of course – and that was a long time ago. So I assume he posts the secrets as they sort of come in. I can't imagine he goes – back in time and puts them up. But there was a period of time where I would check every Sunday morning with a little bit of anticipation about what if my secret's on the website and would anybody know? And and of course, it's very anonymous. You don't put your name or anything on there. It would only be known if somebody else either knew your secret or could figure out, you know, based on what you sent in. But it's it's such a, it's very liberating. I, I would recommend it for everybody because who doesn't have some kind of secret in their life, right? doesn't mean you're a bad person if you have a secret. Uh, you you might want to get it off your chest. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, I did, go ahead. I was going to say, I did feel that the uh, app didn't feel very anonymous. The app wasn't anonymous, and it was too much. I think the, the fact that the website works is because he just parcels it out in little bits. You get just a little bit of what he sees in the mail every week. So you're left wanting more, so you go back every week. Well, no, it was, so, was location-based. So you'd leave a secret at a location. And right, so Southern then, California or, you know, Central Florida. It could sort of be determined more. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, if you left, left it in basically your hometown um, and you know that somebody uses the app and, yeah, you know. Yeah, it can be more easily found out on the app. And the app's been discontinued, so yeah. they don't do it anymore. I mean, now, if you have the app, you can see all the secrets that used to be on the, on the thing. I think secrets, you know, with the whole show, yeah, the the app's still there, and you can see what's up there. I think we could do a whole show about secrets and and what's good and bad about them. But if you're looking for something to enjoy while you're drinking your coffee on a Sunday morning, postsecret.com is fascinating, very fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, you can look at it on your phone. You can look at it anywhere. You can get to the Internet, and it's a good thing. Wow. But now this is our new Sunday ritual, right? Yeah. It's pretty exciting. And except I guess for, we except for next Sunday, we'll we'll have a different day. Next well, it, yeah, we'll do it. It'll be a weekend day, right? Yeah, and, right? And either way, Saturday or Sunday mornings, most people have most working people, et cetera, have a routine. Yep. And and this is a different routine for us, so we're trying to get into it. We're old dogs, but we can learn new tricks, right? Wow! How about this one here? Mm. I am perversely happy that statistically. Fifty percent of the women planning their weddings on Pinterest will get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the secrets weren't necessarily revealing about people. They were maybe, well, like this person, revealing about the fact that you take secret pleasure in knowing that certain things are going to happen or certain things are, are sort of destined. And, and talking about how, you know, you do or don't like something. And if people knew that you didn't like something, it would maybe reveal something about you that you don't want the public to know. And the way that people do it, though, it's like collage. You know, it's it's a piece of art in a lot of ways. Yes, the the artistic in nature of the postcards that people fabricate, the ones that aren't pre-made. You know, uh, I really love that. I just think it's so interesting. And and mm-hmm. my secret that I submitted was fairly handmade. And sometimes you see them and they look like, you know, ransom notes. People cut out stuff from magazines or something. But most of the time they're handwritten or colored or drawn. I'm totally, and I, I totally am going to write a secret and I'm going to send, I'm going to mail it off. I'm I to- think it's great. I'm, I think it's really cool. 
Uh, I totally am. And if it, if I see it on the website, I'll at least let you know that it, it made it. There was an art exhibit in New York City a couple years ago that I saw, I think on Sunday morning, I think about where you go into a dark, dark room and mm-hmm. there's a big wall covered in like butcher paper or whatever. And you're given a pencil uh-huh. and you're supposed to write your secret. You're like one of a hundred people and you write a secret on this wall and you write it in a way that, you know, you you don't really even know where you've written it, right? And you may be writing over somebody else. You don't. You can't really see what's going on. Really? So then at the end of the half hour that everyone has to do the writing, then they turn the lights on, and then you can start reading people's stuff. And then you have to figure out – and you're still in the same room with the 100 people that said it. So you have to maybe – you could obviously be inclined to try to figure out who wrote what, what's going on. So I love that stuff. I think it's neat. But that's that's my usual Sunday morning is – Reading post secret. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of good ones on here tonight today too. Yeah. All right, so go there, guys. We only read one of them. Of so. them. So go to the website. Okay, so it was crazy week in the news, right? It's been a super crazy week in the news. Okay, so oh, two things I want to laugh about. Uh huh. Do you remember a time in life when you didn't know what SCOTUS or POTUS meant? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, when when did that even become uh, the thing that that all of a sudden we started acronyming? Those things. Those things. SCOTUS and POTUS. For those who don't know, Supreme Court of the United States is what SCOTUS means, and POTUS is President of the United States. And I think it's all about Twitter, right? Didn't Twitter mandate? I don't think so. But, you know, require us to short these things? I think it was Fox News. (laughs) Oh, was it Fox News? Okay, we should find out what the origin of SCOTUS and POTUS is, but I've heard it 5,000 times this week, so. But, I mean, it's been around for a while. Oh, has it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had just had – there's a distinctive point in my life within the last year I learned those two terms. Had never heard of that. But I wonder if – like I know that when we were in high school that we never referred to those offices. We, it was the office of the president. It was the president. Yes, or yes. the Supreme Court. We never right. taught, said the Supreme Court of the United States or the president yes. of the United States. Right, you right. Know, how come we don't have the Congress, the, the CODIS, Congress and the Senate, the, you know – the the SOTUS and you know I mean, SOTUS. who cares I mean it's just stupid <laughs> very strange but I think we should talk about the healthcare thing for forty five seconds right because everybody else has talked about it for at least seventeen hours over okay. the last three days and two things that I have to say and I'm sure you'll uh, you know have your own two cents but I don't think anybody in their right mind would have thought that the insurance companies were going to turn away thirty million new customers paying customers because the Supreme Court was going to strike this down. So the thing that wasn't ringing the day after were the lobbyists from the insurance company calling anybody to do anything, right? They're, they're super thrilled that they're going to get all these new customers. I'm, I'm thinking that, well, see, in, in the state of Florida, our governor here, Rick Scott, has said he is not going to enact the exchanges and, and all the things that the law requires. So he'll, okay. be, he'll be sued. Uh, <laughs> of course he will, because Florida has just oodles of money to pay for that stuff, right? Well, they would get money to pay for that stuff, and they, you know, and it's only in their best interest to do it. I mean, of course, of course, Florida has its own insurance thing set up to, uh, you know, help people out with their houses because all the insurance companies said, "Well, we're not going to insure you guys for because of the hurricane business." Right. So, but here's here's the the reality is. There are so many really good things that, I mean, they're undeniably good things. I don't care what your political bent is. Mostly, yes. mostly the bent here is the um, uh, the principle 
of being forced to pay for something, being forced to get something by the government. We're right. we're mandating that you pay for insurance. That's what conservative folks really hate. But you don't hear people, and they say what they want to repeal it all. But you know what? I bet you the the reality is is that most people, when they start to look at the things, do you really want to repeal uh, the fact that insurance companies can't deny you? based on a pre-existing condition. Well, that's the thing. The yeah. argument is to repeal all the things, to, to not repeal those parts of it, all the parts that cost all this money, right? But to mandate the payment for it. You know, they want to keep all the good right. parts, that's but right. they don't want anyone to pay for it, which I still don't understand. And I get it that they don't want anyone to, sign, you know, pay taxes, right? Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's long principle. story short, it's I think John Roberts writing the – the majority opinion, yeah. uh, you know, a Republican appointed chief justice of the SCOTUS that I think, <laughs> I don't know why, I just, come on, it just sounds like scrotum. There's uh, a letter away from that or two letters away from that. Um, there, that there's just a, no denying now that it will become law in at least 49 states. I don't know about yours, but whatever. I'm sure they'll work something out. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that you're going to see this continue to... <laughs> And I loved the Dewey defeats Truman aspect of CNN going yeah. on for eight or nine minutes. Oh yeah, having I, reported the wrong ver- verdict, so to speak. I, I mean, posted that right away as soon yeah. as I saw it. I posted that on Twitter. I was like, "Oh, that's that's easily uh, uh, Dewey." And then all of a sudden, everybody else I saw was doing the same thing. So yeah, it, it was the collective mind all yes. figured that out right away. Yes, you can't get that stuff wrong, people. I, I was so. I was standing there talking to a coworker, and she went to this website, the CNN, and she said, "No, you got it wrong. CNN says." I said, "No, CNN's got it wrong." CNN <laughs> has it wrong, and how sad is that? Fox had it wrong for a few minutes, but not as long as CNN. So yeah, crazy. And Poor Wolf Blitzer got blitzed. Can can we ever trust them again? <laughs> I don't think we could trust them before, but yes, I, I you know, well, I, whatever. Uh, and, and only for just a mi- another minute or two. Uh-huh. But, but uh, USA Today broke the news, and I got it as a thing on my iPhone. You know, it was a, a me- an ins- what are they? An alert on my phone. It said, "Do you have Google alerts on there for things?" Or I, no, not for news. I oh. guess I could. Is that what yeah. you use? No, I don't. I don't. I I just look at Twitter. Twitter just tells oh. me everything. <laughs> well, I, I have um, the USA Today app, and when there's breaking news, it will send me a, a message on my phone. Gotcha. And that's okay. how I found that. I think Huffington Post does it as well, but I don't think I have it turned on. And New York Times did it as well, but they were a little later than USA. USA Today was first on my phone. I'll have to. I'll have to do that. I don't have any of those things. So yeah, Twitter is where I usually get it, and it's usually from Heidi because she'll put some news thing up oh. or retweet something that has come on a radio station here. So, mm. and I did the other funny thing I liked. I think it was John Stewart that said it. You know, after it was done and the president made his speech that morning, yeah. that he took that stroll down. I killed Bin Laden Lane. You know that infamous. <laughs> walk that he takes to oh, the podium that right? in that East Rose Room wing uh-huh. or whatever it is, and then he's just sauntering down there like, yes, yes, yes. It was very funny. So regardless of your politics, you may hate the law, you may hate the president, you may hate all of that. Um, it was a monumental decision, So, and it will move people towards getting some health care, and, and that part I appreciate. Of course, in 10 years from now, you'll forget all about this and be like, eh, whatever. Because <laughs> we'll have different POTUS by then, right? Well, 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 I think that most people in 10 years from now will just think about it like, oh, doesn't everybody have? Healthcare. 
That's what I think. Oh, I think you're optimistic to say that, but okay. In 10 years. Let's hope. Let's not, hope. Not, not in three, but I think in ten, 10 years from now, I think it'll be no different than Social Security. Because that, I think that's the real argument here, is that if you kill this mandate, then, um, then you could end up killing Medicare, Social Security. Aren't they mandates as well? Well, of course. I mean, that everybody still wants, right? Right. You know, I say, I say, if you don't have this, get rid of it all. Right. <laughs> you know, why is the government running a uh, insurance company? Uh, you know, your, your health—they're running health insurance right now, just for they old people. They already do. I know. There's these these arguments are just crazy, dead, beaten horses. So whatever. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, no, I let's move on. Well, you know what? Okay, so the president had a good week at his job, right? I guess he sure did. The Arizona bill thing got turned away mostly, and the the healthcare thing was held up essentially. So he had some job satisfaction. Yeah. And and I found something this week. You know, I've started a new job that's changing the way we do the podcast, changed everything about life, and um, had found a little thing about what are the five least satisfied people in their work. And it's interesting that the groups that, that are in this list, because it was a, it's called the misery index and it was from careerbliss.com. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love the misery index. Career Bliss recently released its news list of the unhappiest jobs in America based on analysis from more than a hundred thousand employee generated reviews over the last year. So each employee valued factors on a five-point scale and, and, and indicated how important all of that was to their overall happiness at work. So they talked about you know, what you, your day-to-day responsibilities, how much quality time you have at home, what growth opportunities are there for you at your work, what is the compensation, what's the company culture and reputation. So although these are kind of vague career definitions, I think they kind of apply. And, and ultimately... I mean, you and I both know that we have lots of job responsibilities, right? So mm-hmm. I think on a day-to-day basis, your job satisfaction, doesn't it vary from day-to-day almost? Like, is every day horrible or is every day okay? Or do they average out enough? What? How do you feel about uh, that? You, yeah. You've had a long-standing job, so you must like it enough. I think that uh, for the, I think if as long as you are challenged at work with different opportunities and it's not the same thing every single day although i don't deal with the public or you know i'm not customer service oriented that sort of thing so i think i think though that people need challenges at work they can't be doing the same thing have the same piece of paper come across their desk putting the same stamp on the piece of paper and then floating it to the next thing i think that I think that when you have camaraderie at work, that's a, a positive thing. I think, right. You know, I mean, I look at, like, government service people who, they do the same thing day in and day out. Of course, they're always changing their offices and the paperwork changes and stuff like that. But for the most part, you're not going to get, like, told, hey, I need you to work over here and do something completely different and learn this new thing and we're going to promote you. And for the most part, unless you're looking to get promoted, you won't get promoted. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that there there have been lots of jobs that I've had, which I'm always sad when I say that, that it didn't matter what the work was, but the people that I worked with were so great or so horrible that you would, if you liked the people, for the most part I always have, 
Mm-hmm. That what, it wouldn't matter what you were doing. As long as you were doing it with that same group of people, you'd still like the job, right? Whether it be installing widgets on a circuit board or doing office work or whatever, that those people made the job. And I think for me, a lot of job satisfaction is based on my coworkers. And interestingly enough for me right now, I have coworkers, but in the last few years I've had coworkers separated from me. I don't see them every day in an office. So I think that hinges a lot of my happiness based on the fact that I don't have a lot of interaction with coworkers. But, but the challenge of my new position is, is bringing happiness in a whole different way, along with other stuff too, but it is bringing happiness about mm-hmm. learning something new and feeling like, okay, I can still learn something new. <laughs> so, sometimes you think your brain's all folded up and it ain't going to learn anything else. But I, I got some room in there. They're still they're making new synapses every day. So, all right. So quickly, we'll go through this list because I know we got lots of things to talk about today because there's other unhappy people. But uh, <laughs> Tom and Siri and what's her name? Uh, Katie. Katie Holmes, right? Yeah, we got to talk about them. All right. So number five, it was a tie for number five, program managers. So the unhappiest aspects of their jobs are the lack of growth opportunities, the culture of the company they work for, and the surrounding workplace support system. So I would assume that's somebody in management, you know. Really? No. Usually those people are, they're not running uh, people, they're running programs. I'm sorry, you're right, you're right, exactly. And so the, you know, they have a particular, like, um, well, it's like a program, but uh, when they say that, like let's say that you have to produce certain widgets or you know some sort of uh, uh, system that you guys are that someone's trying to create. That's that's their job to figure it out from cradle to grave, beginning to end. And so they're they can be like planners. Can you believe that? That's a jet. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I have to find a sound booth or something. <laughs> Sunday sound booth. Wrap yourself in foam, egg crate stuff, whatever that stuff I is. I know. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, what a program manager, I, I, in fact, I've been looking at jobs like that. But it, a lot of it's planning and getting the resources together to make things happen. And I suppose that if you don't have a lot of support, then it could suck in budget. And a lot of these have the compensation and lack of growth opportunities as the, mm-hmm. the main complaint people have about their jobs. And I do think that that's interesting is that people want to grow. People want to move. They want to change. They don't want to stay stagnant, or at least they claim they don't. Well, right. I don't know that's what, that's like what I was telling you that earlier. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. The product managers, probably the same thing as program managers, just they're actually manipulating a product versus a computer system yeah. doing that. And well, same thing. And they the don't... product's probably a sta- uh, stagnant product, you know, oh. something that just it exists, and it's their job to make sure there's enough of it to go around. Unhappiest person in the world, product manager at a pager corporation. <laughs> <laughs> How come we aren't moving any of these anymore? <laughs> I've, you know, I've seen people with pagers actually recently. What people? Yeah, 150 year olds. Come on, he's got a pager. Nobody has a pager. Out at the Cape, they there's some people that are running around with pagers for their job. Okay, no wonder we don't have a freaking space program that's viable if they're using pagers as technologies. Why would they use that? Oh, t- today, by the way, is the 50th anniversary of the of Kennedy Space Center being the called Kennedy Space Center. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Right. Is there any big festivities going on out there? Not, not that I'm aware of. Oh, so. There right. should be. They there should be. Should be. Yeah, they they should be deal. lighting fireworks off the VAB, but they're not. Don't you think? They're not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, number four. Mm-hmm. Sales engineer. 
What is Which, a sales engineer? That's, I, that's like a, a that's like a, a boat pilot or a, <laughs> you know. a boat pilot. Yes, you're right. Yes, um, I, they have a picture here of a construction worker. These guys, have, but he's a suit. He's wearing a suit with a hard hat, and yeah. he's on a construction site. Yeah. So he must be. Um, I'm sorry, engineer in the title is just going to guarantee a certain amount of dissatisfaction. I, sales engineers, you know, engineers of I don't know what they're selling exactly, but. Engineer in the title is just a rough job, don't you think? That just a lack of personality or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> teachers, number three. Teachers. That's too bad because I know a lot of teachers, and they seem happy with their work, but the part that they're unhappy with is their compensation or their oh. growth opportunities or this or that. So Yeah, but don't you go into being a teacher kind of knowing that's what you're going to be? Well, I would think so. I mean, I that's... Mean, it's not we we aren't going to embrace this giant culture of education anytime soon, unfortunately. I mean, so. you go going well. I think I'll teach for ten years, and I'll become an assistant principal, then I'll become a principal, and then I'll move on to being the district uh, superintendent. Which I mean, I don't see that's you know. I think that when you become a teacher, you you have it's kind of like you know. You're in it for completely different reasons. For different than, reasons. I agree. Know? Yes, it's a selfless thing more than, than any sort of um, other endeavor. So, And the next one, which is sort of along the same lines, registered nurse. Although registered nurses can earn really great money and this and that. And I think nurses just kind of run the gambit of of why they go into nursing and what their you know skill sets are and how hard that job must be emotionally. I think like teaching, you know, you see all the good and you see all the bad. Nurses are uh, underpaid because they're the uh, insurance policy for the doctors because if, without a good nurse, the doctor's screwed. Oh, yeah. They, they run every, nurses run everything in the hospitals. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. And then the last least uh, satisfied folks on the misery index of jobs is security officers. And I could see that completely because security officers, nobody wants to wear that yellow shirt that says security on the back. And being a flashlight cop is the worst. Yeah, I could totally see that. Totally, totally see that. <laughs> so those folks aren't happy with their jobs. Meanwhile, the rest of us are mm-hmm. enjoying our work, right? You know, I think that right now the the perception of no job sat or no job growth in the, in the United States limited uh-huh. limited jobs also creates a, a poor satisfaction because if people feel like they can't go anywhere. And that their employer has them by the balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that also uh, adds to a, a limited amount of satisfaction. Yeah, there's a collective uh, play on your psyche, right? Like, yeah. oh, I got the grass ain't going to be greener it, anywhere else. So. Right. You ha- there's no way that you can possibly grow for not for everybody, but there's I think a lot of sure. fields out there where people feel that this is the best I'm ever going to get because. You know, unless the job market opens up and there's jobs everywhere where people are paying big bucks, this is it. I'm this done. is it. You're right. You're right. That's true. I think that's true. So, and I think now is a good time if you're bold and can do it to change careers. That if you really want it, if you can make it now, then you've obviously got something because it's hard right now it's real to hard. do that. So that's why I'm trying to learn that programming. Yeah, you're going to be an app designer. I, I am this. app program. I'll tell you what, the app programming thing, I can it's it's coming around. I just really have to get my head wrapped around the object-oriented programming thing and figure out exactly what to do once I've got an object and how to to make it all work. But 
it's, it's all about learning to write code and learning to write it fast, right? But, well, I don't know about fast. It's, I mean, I'll, I'll get there. I think you saw Social Network, right? When they have that con that drinking contest, no. where they're trying to write code fast enough and win a spot as an intern at Facebook. Oh, it's such a great movie. Oh, really? Um, no, yeah. I didn't see that. And they they have to drink every ten minutes, do shots, and still write code that works. So why don't you start doing that? Every ten minutes, take a shot of something and keep writing your code. <laughs> that way, you'll get really better. You'll own your skills. <laughs> oh man! I, well, I wonder. I wonder if uh, other people who write code that listen to this podcast are big drinkers while they code. Because I, I think that if you, when you look at the screen, that you might want to do some drinking while you're doing. I was going to say, coding. in order to be able to ever do it, I'd have to drink heavily. Yeah. I just don't get that colon backslash something. But, but yes, you, you know what drives me bananas is that you had like a Vic twenty or. Commodore 64 back in the day, yeah, and we talked sure. about that. Commodore and, 64, you know, and, and I had a TI 99 4A and and computers like that, and of course Apple's. And a basic was e- so easy; it was a line number. You'd write ten input, uh, you know, and then you'd write whatever your thing was that you wanted, and you say input A for like a number, and then the. Th- Next thing is you could have it do some mathematical function, and then the next thing you could do is have it reproduce the mathematical function on the screen. And with an iPhone and in object-oriented programming, it's like you have to create the space for all of this. It's just – it seems like what I could do in three or four lines of basic code will now take like 300 lines of freaking code. And they're like, oh, but it writes it for you. I'm like, fuck it, this is bullshit. <laughs> These are definitely first world problems, right? Like this there are oh, people yeah. having this problem you know. um, in lots of places. But I think it's fascinating. I, I wished I had a capacity for it. I just, I don't, you're speaking a whole foreign language. I mean, it's a foreign language. Oh, oh come on. Yeah, well, but not Microsoft. But you did that, right? You wrote print. You know, and then you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My Commodore sixty four yeah, when I was what, twelve. Or I mean, whatever. come on. Yeah. How much more difficult could it be than that? I mean, I basically just want to do simple, simple shit. You know, but because it's so hard to actually do, you have to actually have a a foundation to learn. Uh huh. That's I think why people who are able to do it are able to make money because not everybody can do it. My brain shuts down at the thought of it. So yeah, exactly. Those people should make lots of money because I I don't think I can. I want but... my I want my ninety nine dollar ninety nine cent app, and I want you know fifty thousand people to buy it, and I want to be able to you know, you know, live comfortably. And you know what? And I want my nine ninety nine app. I invested in the keynote app yesterday to mm. run my uh, PowerPoint presentation scrolling on my iPad at a display I was doing yesterday, and I thought. This is this is priceless to me. This could be $109, $29. I mean, it doesn't matter. The fact that it was only 10 is such the world's biggest blessing and that I could have this little device scrolling all day with my little slideshow is so amazing to me. And that, it was so simple. I loved it. Oh, that is a great app for the, the iPad. And you know yeah. that will run on your iPhone too? Oh, yeah. It's on there now, baby. Uh, so I just, I just love it. I think it's so great. I love the technology. See, and that's – well – Anyways, I won't I won't bore you I with know. my ideas for my app. So. <laughs> we'll do another show about that. I, I know. Yes. This week I posted that picture on Facebook. I was using my laptop, oh, yeah. my iPad, both my iPhones, and my Starbucks coffee to get some stuff done. And I just love the fact that we can. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I know. Um, all right. So, you know, we talked a little bit last week about the nanny state, right? Oh, yeah. That whole, that, yeah, that whole term. Uh-huh. Okay. So I actually want to propose a nanny state provision 
Uh-huh. Went last night to the movies, went and saw the new movie Ted, the Seth MacFarlane movie about the teddy bear living with Mark Wahlberg. And, of course, it's Seth MacFarlane, so it's vile, it's irreverent, it's gross, and it's hysterically funny. I loved every second of it. Did it make you cry? I heard somebody cried at that movie. I could have told, you could have totally cried. I okay. didn't cry, uh-huh. but there, there are some poignant scenes to it. It's, it's really good. Okay. Yeah. And, and in the Seth MacFarlane way, they end up not being so poignant, which is great. But in this theater, I want to pay someone from CPS, Child Protective Services, to come <laughs> – and stand at the door, and you actually have to hand them your ticket stub when you walk into that theater with your underaged child. And I'm talking underage, like 9, 10, some even younger than that, to see this movie. And the movie was extremely adult in nature, even though it featured a talking teddy bear, right? Because it's clearly rated R on the rating screen. But I don't know that people either aren't smart enough to realize it's rated R for a reason or B, they just think that it's a talking teddy bear, so every kid's going to love it. Or are these people already letting their watch their kids watch Family Guy? Well, which, well maybe, maybe there should be another um, rating besides R. There should be a or, dope slap rating or, where if you bring your kid to the theater, you get an automatic dope slap for, for doing that. I can't, like, I can't believe it. Like they have PG-13, right? Right. Okay, which I think was supposed to stop what you're talking about. But I think right. there should be a uh, R13 rating, which the PG allows parents to let their kids get in under 13 if they want them in. Right. right? And then R will let you bring your kids in whatever age. Okay. Okay. But an R13 rating means that no kids would get into that movie under 13 ever. 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 Parents, you cannot bring them to the movies. Uh, under this age. Hmm. I don't know. You know. It'd be like watching Saving Private Ryan or whatever, which I believe is rated R as well. And and so, and it's a good movie, and I'm not de- debating the fact that it's a good movie, but it's not a movie for children. And so... Was it all talk- the... Was it the sexual nature or just in general, everything? They're taking bong hits every five minutes. Drug the, you use. Know, okay, drug so. use. There's language. There's, you know, sexual innuendo, which is hysterically funny. And I love every single second of it. Mm -hmm. But when there's an eight year old sitting behind you, you just, you just feel awkward. It's just not okay. And I don't understand who does that to their kid. You'd be like taking your mom to the movies to see a porno. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Come on, mom. Let's go see Debbie does Dallas. Right. I mean, who's going to do that? That's the worst thing. And I just feel like it is a little bit of a form of child abuse. Like it's not okay. Well, I think that's the other thing is that that's not the age to make that kind of impression. Right. Uh, right. I right. Mean, so I mean, I can remember the the movie that I saw at that the first rated R movie I saw as a young young person that my dad took me to see. Okay. That that had nudity and uh, profanity and but still was never on the level of this. It was the movie SOB. Starring Julie Andrews. Oh, yes. That was Blake. Yeah. And she exposes her breasts. <laughs> Julie Andrews has a nip slip? Oh, not this. a nip slip. It's a total ba-boom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so definitely what? rent that movie. I, I should go rent that again, see if it's on uh, on uh, Netflix. That is Blake Andrews. That was her husband doing that, right? Is, it could have been. I think so. Yeah, but, that's so funny. Um, But that was... This, that was the, but, you know, this movie... Um, scarred me for life. <laughs> <laughs> you 
because I seen Julie's boobs. I, I know. So because the now you know the sound of music brings on a whole new meaning. Your hills come alive. Is that what you're saying? They do. They do. And no, but realistically, I don't feel scarred. But um, you know, my dad t- took me to see that. And I, I think he wanted to see it, and I was just there for the ride. And I'm, I'm trying to rem- well, you could probably figure out how old I was because we'll just figure out what year that movie came out. The movie came out, right? Yeah, you're probably I'm, nine. No, nine. no, I bet you I was twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Oh, all right, then that's all right. You that's be- that's better. Being less than double digits to see that kind of thing seems a little much, but I mean, I know that's a crazy law. To want to enact, but I'd be willing to pay for someone from CPS to come and write tickets to people who do that to their kids. But we were going to talk about some other crazy laws today, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's for the July, we're, we're coming into a patriotic time, and so we're law-abiding citizens, but there's some really crazy laws out there, right? There are. There are definitely some really crazy laws. And, and for some reason, July 1st, at least here in Florida, this is the year or the day that all these laws take into effect, which means then soon we'll be watching by, you know, within a short period of time, a whole bunch of court cases, right? So it's, a, it's the cycle. <laughs> right, which is so bizarre. Yeah. Um, let's see. Here, here's just a rundown of some of the laws that take effect Actually, you know, these say these are in 2012, but I wonder, uh, I'm going to add something July 1st. So, well, here's a good one. Like the Fogra ban in California takes place oh. today. What? I don't get that. Is, is there like all these people eating Fogra? Is that, I heard that in, in and out you can ask for the double duck. Oh, I haven't heard that. That's <laughs> you funny. You didn't hear about that? It was a joke, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. It, it was a total yes, the gag. The gras ban has been quite the foodie outroar here. So there were people stocking up on it, people going, you know, hoarding it because they knew it was going to be banned. Is it an animal cruelty thing? I think that's what the people are Well, well you know what they do is they feed them until their liver explodes. <laughs> Feed ducks, force feed ducks until their liver explodes, and it's a. It big, doesn't sound like a bad way to go to me. I don't a, think it's it a big, so big fatty liver thing, and then yeah. they they take that liver and chop it up into a pate or something. Yeah, 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 that, and it's delicious. Is unfortunately, it, is it? Have you had yeah, it? Yeah, I've I've had foie gras once or twice, maybe. It's, and it's I, expensive. Know, when I was, it's very expensive. I'm I'm sure it was at an event or at a restaurant I couldn't afford or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it definitely is a law that probably doesn't need to be in existence, right? Why, why do we really need this? But people are passionate enough about it to, I guess, sign a petition. So that's what happened. So the state of Florida is going, or state of uh, California is practically bankrupt and they're going to enforce foie gras. Yeah. There's going to be a vice squad out there well, looking for people overfeeding their ducks. Just tax the shit out of it. Why doesn't California, tax, yeah. how, how doesn't California learn that don't make the shit illegal when you can tax the shit out of it and make some money? <laughs> I don't understand that about a lot of things that are legal right here in the state that we could be making a lot of money out of. So, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I don't smoke. So. I don't smoke anything, period. But hell. You know what? If you can make some money, <laughs> I'm all for Why it. Why not? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of those weird laws here. I, the, the foie gras thing has been a little bit. Um, I'm waiting but for there are, Yeah. There are just some weird ones like uh, 
you're in San Francisco, it's a regulation that you it's unlawful to wear underwear if you work in a car wash it, or only wear underwear if you're working in a car wash to dry cars. So I assume that you're banning like bikini car washes with that. Is that the deal? What is it? In San Francisco. You're a regulation in San Francisco makes it unlawful to use. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading this completely wrong to use used underwear to wipe off cars in a car wash. Never mind. Scratch what I said earlier. <laughs> Can't tell it's still early in the morning. I haven't had enough coffee. But either way, um, you're not allowed to use used instead of rags and towels. You have to use those, not underwear. Strange. That's just funny as could be. Really weird stuff. You know, you can't drive in your house coat. You can't do any of that. So, strange stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, there's just a, a whole bunch of, in state of Florida, was, we we have, uh, like I was earlier talking about, uh, that they had some, some crazy laws, such as their making a misdemeanor or something like that for video voyeurism, which I haven't figured out what video voyeurism exactly is, but... Oh, you figured that out. I, Come I, on. I, I, well, I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean that you can go to a website that has a, a, video, a video camera and bam, you're, you're busted? Or you're does that busted. Mean, or yeah, does that mean that you have... Yeah. Or does that mean that you have to actually own the camera and have set it up type of thing? You know, we have to get more details on that because that could be problematic for I, some of us. You know, I, I mean, if it, exactly. What is that? You know, if you watch a movie, does that make you a video yeah, voyeur? Voyeur? Are you going to get I, cited for that? I don't know. I, I'd like a definition of what a video voyeur is. I think they make these things specifically vague so they can, you know, bust you for like bust everybody. Everybody, right? Oh, right. Wow. Um, let's see. There, there's. I, I don't know if these are already enacted, but they have some other things out there, like uh, in North Carolina. Uh, more criminals convicted of misdemeanors will be housed in county jails rather than in state prisons. Uh, tax collector will have fewer powers to force corporations to redo their tax returns if they're suspected of dodging taxes. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Utah has a new law to make any daily drink specials illegal, essentially banning happy hour. What? Yeah, that's a crazy. The people one. of Utah should revolt. What do you I know. know. Happy hour. That's crazy. That's not legal. <laughs> I know. In Georgia, municipalities with nine one one call centers can require retailers spending prepaid selling prepaid cell phones to charge a fee to support the emergency systems. And oh, how about this one? New safety requirement for cities that allow drivers to steer their golf carts off the green and onto roads and use uh, and multi use paths, including brakes. Reverse warning lights and a horn. So now you, so you got to outfit your golf cart to be street legal. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Um, All right, that's too much government. I want my golf cart to remain as you know unsafe and illegal as possible. Well, you know how it goes. The, the, there we, are a record number of golf cart injuries every year based on drunken golfers. Right? I've, I've heard that. There's I, a lot. Yeah. I have. Well, t- we've all seen jackass and what you can do in a golf <laughs> cart. It's not okay. It's, no. <laughs> but damn, they're fun. Yeah, Love it. I you know I I remember my grandmother in in uh, Cathedral City, uh, Palm Springs. She lived on a mo- mobile home park type thing, but it was like a retirement mobile home park thing. And she uh, had a golf cart, and that was always the fun thing: go over there, get to ride the golf cart around. And they they had a an actual golf cart course at her place, and it was cool. 
And it brings you back to the foie gras thing because we'd go and feed the ducks. Until <laughs> <laughs> their livers exploded, you yes, evil children. <laughs> that's what we do. We'd get in the golf cart, go to the little place where the ducks were at the uh, pond, and we would feed old bread to the ducks. And I love it. So back, back to foie gras. It all comes big full circle. So well, I think on that note, yeah. maybe we should foie gras ourselves out of here. Well, no, because we still have one last thing to talk about real quick. Oh, what's our last thing? Yeah, parents encouraging bad behavior from their kids. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I just saw a news story this morning about a video of two children that were like seven or eight years old fist fighting at a park. And the thing about the video, of course, it went viral on YouTube and everywhere, was that it was filmed by one of the children's parents because you can hear them yelling, you know, go for it, get them, and encouraging the children to fight. And the video's... I don't know, seven or nine minutes long, crazy long. These kids are beating each other up. And it doesn't stop until finally another child pulls the children off one another. And this is only one. They showed three different clips where parents were driving their kids to a fist fight to settle some sort of score at school um, and putting this stuff up on the Internet. That's the part I don't necessarily understand. And what's wrong with people? What, what, you know, what, who does that? That's crazy. I that I don't know. I mean, and why can't we have a crazy law to stop these people from doing this stuff? But right? why, like, why do you need a law? It. Don't we already have laws for this? Or do you have to make like more stringent punishments for this kind of behavior? You need to have punishment. You need to have I don't know mandatory counseling or something. I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's like oh, give me a break. That, it's, why? it's an intelligence level that. That maybe just the requirement of people should be licensed before they can have children, I think, is, is one of the crazy laws we should enact. Well, me and my friend from work, we went to McDonald's for lunch. Uh, I, think it was, I think it was like last week. And, yeah, uh, sorry, Heidi, we did. Don't tell Heidi. I know. $0.99, 99 cents for six chicken McNuggets. Do you guys have that over there? Yes. We yeah. Got, yeah. So on Wednesday, they have that. So we went over there for our $0.99 cent chicken McNuggets, and we get a lot of them. <laughs> Dare I tell you. <laughs> Confess. Confessions of a it's McDonald's right. junkie. Right. Um, so we, we were there wait, uh, waiting in line, and ahead of us, a couple comes in, pregnant lady with her husband, and they're like maybe 23 years old, 24 years old, whatever they are. And they have a couple of kids that must be, you know, like six, four, okay. I don't know, whatever. And those kids were the meanest or little monsters that you ever saw in your life. They were, you know, like trying to tear apart the everything that there was. If there was a counter and it had a bunch of little slips on there, they were just going through it. Throwing stuff on the floor, the little uh, thing that had the Happy Meal sign where it has the Happy Meal that's inside yeah. the, the glass. They were banging on it, you know, oh while the, while he's trying to order food. And I'm just like looking at this guy going, are you going to handle your kids? And they don't. People and just don't. No. no. You know, and I don't have kids, you know, and I'm probably the worst person to say anything. But I think that there's a reflection there. <laughs> Oh, most definitely, right? It's definitely not and, not cool. And, and you know that this lady is going to have another one of these monsters. Oh yeah, and they'll be yeah, and they'll be divorced soon if they're even married, right? I mean, we have to go there. Mm -hmm. And 
there will be no stability in these kids' lives. Well, well, at 23 and 24, how stable can their parents be? Well, that's act- That's actually a potential question if they were if the couple was actually married. So, which that's you know a lot of times that there's a discipline issue there because don't you discipline my kid? Well, and this is the part where I feel like you take your life into your own hands if you br- if you bring that to their attention, right? If you would have said to that family, "Take care of your children or do something with your children," then of course you're the evil person and you're going to be, you know, shot in the parking lot for questioning them or besmirching their parental abilities. And and maybe that's what we all just need to get over. You know, we're not supposed to judge. I get that. No more judgment. But maybe we should do some public shaming of people. Well, what about uh, the the place? Don't they always have those signs? You know, we we reserve the right to refuse service to anybody for anything. Right, but I can only imagine McDonald's would be a little nervous about evicting somebody from the restaurant based on the fact that today's Sue Happy Society. Who's gonna? Who's what jury is gonna deny? We're a young family trying to take our kids for ninety-nine cent nuggets, and they threw us out of McDonald's. They're gonna sue and win something well, for being assholes. But you know, the funny thing is, nowadays they have video cameras all over the place. Right. You know, the other's video of these kids being obnoxiously crazy in the McDonald's. True, but the jury of their peers, most of those parents probably have uncontrolled kids, too, so they probably think it's okay, and that's why they go to McDonald's, so their kids can tear everything up. McDonald's is a place. I can hear it now. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for the, uh, for the defense. You know, McDonald's is one of the only places that a parent can go where the kid can wreck the place. There's an expectation of that. Don't you agree? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The, the nutritional deficit alone allows the ADHD to kick in, so that makes the children misbehave more because they're being fueled by hormones and preservatives and trans fats. So it's McDonald's fault, actually. It, it, yes. Oh, that, I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> being being raised from the bottle, they, they liquefy a Big Mac and put it in a, in a bottle. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, oh, my gosh. But so have you experienced that, kids behaving bad where the parents Daily. did zero, zero nothing, huh? Last night, yeah. we went to dinner at a, a nice restaurant before our movie. And we were at, at like a back bench seat of a restaurant, you know, where there's tables and then there's a break and there's tables. And, and so we're sort of connected to this family, but our table is separated slightly. But we're sharing the same bench in the back. Right. And the kid is got both hands on our table and their table and is swinging back and forth. <laughs> Meanwhile, my glass of Chardonnay is teetering on not being knocked over and we're shooting them the dirty look of, hey, you know, what's going on with your kid? And the mom says something to the kid like, oh, you know, sit down, please, or whatever. But the father, who was there, said not one word the entire meal. He never spoke to his family. He never addressed his behaved badly children. He never spoke to his strange weary looking wife he he just was eating his dinner completely oblivious and i think unfortunately in even intact families that that's the way and the mode that they operate a lot i i wonder what we can do i mean is there a way to correct this behavior for people or bring it to their attention especially in restaurants i mean do you go to the manager of the restaurant and you go hey i, I want to be moved there, we could have done that, or, which we probably should have in or, hindsight. I think the way to do it is with paintball guns. Paintball I, yeah. <laughs> And that if you're an asshole, I'm allowed to shoot you with a paintball gun. And if you're not taking care of your kid, I can peg you with a paintball gun. And that way when people walk around covered in paint, we'll know that they're problem people. 
<laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess you know. I do feel weird to make a scene in a restaurant. I hate to do that. Of course, nobody wants to do that, and I don't want to. I know it's hard to raise kids, and I know sometimes kids in restaurants can be unruly. This child was at least seven, so he was much beyond that toddler phase where they can still be loud and not know the social norms. He certainly knew. He, you know, he was just being an ass, and that's and and they were allowing it. So the fact that they would allow it to happen out of their home, you can only imagine what happens in their home, and that's the sad part. Oh man, my dad, he was. He was on it. Yeah, you were not allowed to be embarrassing in public in my family, and my children are definitely not allowed that. Now, it doesn't mean that they haven't misbehaved. Please don't get me wrong. But there's a consequence for the misbehavior, and I would never allow my children to interfere in another couple's dinner, I mean, in a way that I could ever control. So, yeah, I would I, not be okay with that. I mean, I, we ate at this restaurant up in New Smyrna Beach here in Florida, and I can remember the kid was just crying and crying, and the parent did take the kid out. Okay. You know, and I don't know how much it helped, but, you know, it, it, at you least. You have to at least feign to care about the other people, that's right? right? If you yes. got a crying kid, you go, oh, all right, I'll take him out. And then you futz around with that for a little bit, and then you bring him back, and you try. You have to at least pretend that you're trying <laughs> to rectify the situation, and people will grant you the benefit of the doubt there because yeah. most everybody gets it. Yeah. But if you don't even try, then hell with you. Paintball you. Well, th- then you have no. Then you should get the to-go order. <laughs> right. Exactly. We'll take this to-go, please. They should have parking lot eating. <laughs> parking they lot eating. And, fresco, yes, that's right. You, that, that's that's where it is. You can eat with the smokers. <laughs> they, <laughs> I love it. They can annoy you, it. and you can annoy them, and enjoy each other's company. Um, <laughs> So, anyways, I guess that's uh, pretty much all of our stuff today. Uh, we got a bunch of great things. A lot of good topics today. We'll yeah. see what happens next. Let, yeah, let's just uh, recap our conversation here. Talked about uh, Sunday mornings, Sunday Sunday secrets, right? You have a secret. Pin it and put it in the mail to Frank Warren. You'll find some relief. Mm-hmm. Job satisfaction. Talked a little. Maybe bit that about. could be what your secret's about. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, you know, we didn't mention, uh, but we, we could talk about it next time, uh, the, the crazy laws. We didn't talk about impersonating a veteran. Oh, we should talk about that next time. Yeah, that, that deserves a more conversation. Uh, yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about movies and fines for taking kids to uh, rated R movies and stuff like that. Encouraging bad behavior. What, did I miss anything that we talked about? No, I think that was it, that right? That was it. So I uh, w- want to wish everybody a very much uh, happy Independence Day, 4th of July. That uh, This may be coming out on the 4th of July. Never it know. It might. And if it does, take a picture or tweet and use pound sign indivisible. Have you heard this Starbucks no. campaign? No. The ho- is his name Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, yeah. wants everybody this summer to be more patriotic and so mm-hmm. take a neat picture of something that represents america to you or tweet something that represents america and do hashtag indivisible and that's a starbucks initiative that's kind of fun indivisible okay yeah. well we will do that all right well for tj talks i am judd and i'm Teresa, and we will chat with you later we will talk at you later Walk Raw Band has been quite the foodie outroar here. 